This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. One of the things I really love here at Athletic Brewing is the amount of world changers you run into. It seems like everyone in our community is just set on making the world a better place through through their gifts and talents and, and what they're good at. And what's cool is obviously that's the case with a lot of our partners and a lot of the people we end up working with, collaborations we do, uh, our ambassadors, of course, our employees. You know, the, so many people have such a, a big vision and mission in life. It's so awesome. And, and this conversation is uh, sitting down with two of those people that, that are exactly doing that, you know, using the power of sports and how what sports can do for a community and uh, trying to change the world through that. So today we're sitting down with Peter Feldman and Danielle Lugo. The connection here is Laureus Sports. Laureus is an organization that celebrates sporting excellence and uses the power of sports to transform the lives of children and young people. And I I don't think it's an exaggeration. I think a lot of us would agree, like a a really well-run, organized sports program can absolutely revolution change a community it can change a community because it changes the lives of the kids and those the adults that are involved in organizing it it can in turn change the lives of of, of the entire community it, sports are powerful we know that heck i mean our name here is athletic brewing we know the power of sports it, we named our brewery after the idea of being an athlete and so you know when you get to sit down and talk with folks like this it's just so cool to think people are out here thinking these kinds of problems through making this kind of effort towards making sure every community in the world has a dynamic robust sports program for kids there uh, because that's where a lot of the character that we have in life the the experiences where we learn things where we gain wisdom even comes from those experiences early on in in sports obviously not everyone but for a lot of us that's the case and so uh, specifically, Athletic Brewing is supporting Laureus this year. And Laureus has a ton of different programs, but one of the programs is the Emerging Leaders Program. So we have partnered with Laureus to help support that this year. And one of those emerging leaders was Danielle Lugo with her organization, Up To Us. And so we're talking with Peter, who represents and works for Laureus, and Danielle, who uh, is being supported through Laureus in their Emerging Leaders Program and going through that training right now trying to be the best leader she can in her community in Los Angeles. Um, and we're just going to hear from them about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. And uh, I just I just know there's going to be something all of us can learn from this conversation, whether you're involved in sports or not. Uh, you know, having a positive impact on that next generation is an important principle for whatever you do. And of course, today is also Cinco de Mayo. That's a big day for Athletic. A lot of people are drinking. A lot of people are going to be looking for you know, a non-alcoholic option or um, are going to be consuming Athletic. So if you'd like to get some for whatever celebrations you have today or this weekend or whatever, um, go to our website, athleticbrewing.com. You can order us right there. But if you need us a little bit quicker, then we can ship it to you. We can ship it to you fast, very fast. But if you need it like right this second, Go to the website. There's a store finder. You can find us on store shelves near you, athleticbrewing.com. So if you want to learn more about Peter and Danielle, listen to the episode. They share where you can find them and follow along. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive in and learn something. Hey, folks, welcome to Without Compromise. Today, we've got a very, very interesting conversation. You heard a little bit about Peter and Danielle in the intro and by the way, y'all, I record an intro after this where I'll like list everything out, links to find you. So folks have heard your name at this point. Um, but now we're going to talk to both of them. Peter and Danielle, welcome to the show. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Doing great. Thank you. Well, you know, th- there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to learn. Uh, there's connections. Y'all aren't necessarily under the same roof. So we're going to kind of 
start unpacking all that and putting the pieces together. And, and the kind of the overarching organization for all of this is Laureus. And Peter, you're directly with Laureus as the director of programs. Uh, could, could you kind of give us a history and, and kind of an explanation of what Laureus is and how it came to be and why? Yeah, for sure. So um, Laureus uh, Sport for Good USA is where I work is, is part of um, our, you know, our mission is to improve the lives of youth and unite communities through the power of sport. And, and we're part of a larger uh, network of foundations, seven national foundations and a global foundations that generally say that say, share the same um, mission. And on any given year are supporting you know, 200 plus sport for good programs in 60 plus countries all, all across uh, the world. Um, our founding goes back uh, to actually our, a speech that our, our founding patron Nelson Mandela gave at the first uh, Laureus World Sports Award uh, about the power of sport uh, to change the world and, and speak to youth in a language they, they can understand. And it really galvanized the folks in the room to um, to, to form the, this movement and, and, and the foundation. Um, so I actually want to take a step back and kind of unpack what sport for good means. Uh, We're really referring to a methodology that, you know, internationally is known as sport for development here in the U S you hear it sometimes as sport based youth development, but these are sport programs that are uh, intentionally uh, working with young people and meeting them holistically uh, for positive long-term outcomes. So there, there's still skill development. There's still competition, uh, but there's also measurable outcomes in things like education, health and well-being, uh, peace building. Um, so, uh, and, and these are young people that traditionally uh, are facing barriers to access sport, um, whether through socioeconomic status, uh, race, gender, disability, what have you. We also are an organizer. We're in, especially in our sport for good cities and in part of uh, national movements as well. We're bringing together stakeholders across sectors to identify solutions to make sport more accessible and equitable. And, and lastly, we kind of are an evangelizer for, for sport for good, for the power of sport. We, we publish research and reports. Uh, we, we tap into our, our network of athletes um, to leverage their platform, all with the aim of raising kind of the salience and ultimately the level of investment in high quality, intentional uh, sport programs. Because because your mind immediately goes to doing the actual sport and doing the coaching, not necessarily supporting the whole infrastructure. You are like the official hype people, but also <laughs> providing the stats and the research. It, it, you know, you're almost like the uh, the industry association as well that's providing all that support. Um, wh- what are some? Because I want to ask you this too, Danielle. What are some stats y'all can share about the power of sports, or maybe just some? you know, high level stuff that y'all are just always ready to share something here at athletic is always like, we've got stats that we were just immediately ready to spit out once if, if people have this question or something, but I don't know, is there anything like that for y'all that you could share? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of evidence that's out there. We're proud of a study that we did a, a few years ago where our, our evaluation partner, um, hello insight, they've developed a a pre and a post survey tool that a lot of programs in this in this work use to kind of capture the growth that happens in, in these programs. I think for a while, programs could tell amazing stories, um, and a lot of funders and you know government agencies are, are pushing for kind of harder data. And, and you know they they not only work with sport based youth development programs, but they also work with lots of different after school and and enrichment programs, all doing great work, right? And they but they saw that those in sport programs were showing greater growth in what's known as social emotional learning competencies, but life skills, things like goal setting, creating peer-to-peer relationships and things like that. There was more growth in sport programs, especially for uh, young men and young men of color than in any other kind of enrichment program in, um, in their data set. All right. And so these are really, there's really kind of hard evidence that shows that these programs um, are, are effective. And, and we know from lots of research that when you do grow in these life skills, you're you're much more likely to have uh, positive educational outcomes. You're you're much less likely to be in in the juvenile justice system down the line and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's one study that we we often point to. Um, Danielle, that's that's what you work with with up to us sports. 
Tell me a little bit about what y'all do and how you got involved, and then we'll, we'll make the connection between the two. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Danielle Lugo. I am a program manager with Up to Us Sports. Uh, it was founded in 2010. So it's a national service program that engages, trains, and supports um, people who are serving in their communities through sports, youth sports organizations. Uh, so they're AmeriCorps members. Uh, they are serving their communities as these coach mentors. Um, and I think to go back to what you were saying on um on stats, right? Um, to be quite honest, it's more of relationships matter, plain and simple, relationships matter. So these are caring adults who are in these, um, in the youth lives, being able to give back through sports and, and it's different organizations. So we have, um, you know, after school enrichment programs, we where it's like multi-sport, right? And then you have some sports specific. So um, we do have like bridge to skate, uh, which is skateboarding. We have one of our programs does wrestling and then, um, well, it's beat the streets. And then, you know, we have specifically, which is the program that I currently oversee, which is our partnership with the Los Angeles Dodgers Foundation. And it's called the Dodgers Dream Team Field Champions. So um, specifically baseball and softball coaches um, spread across LA County and um, Long Beach. Yeah. So I guess the stats for you of like success would be you, we know when athletes and kids have a relationship that means something to them through sports, they're much more likely to succeed. I love that, though, that it's it's all relationship-based. As someone that played sports, like so, the, the biggest impact in my life were coaches. To this day, I talk to my coaches. They still, to this day, are people that I go out of my way to meet with, to talk to, who still mentor me. And... I'm sure y'all are the same. Do you, do y'all both have backgrounds in sports? If not, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was um, you know fortunate to play a bunch of sports growing up, um, and, and kind of continued with basketball and baseball uh, throughout uh, high school and and basketball a little bit in college, and coached a bunch of sports as well at the high school level and summer camps and things like that. So yeah, definitely uh, it's been a through line uh, since I was a little kid. Yeah, same here. I um I played softball, so um being able to oversee a, a program specifically that is baseball and softball background, um is so fulfilling. So I played um started playing when I was six years old. Started playing year round softball um when I was eight, and got to play you know in college. And um I think what's incredible is that it was my experience and overcoming adversity through those um years that shaped me and had led me to sports-based youth development. So, um, you know, I tried out my freshman year of college and I didn't make the team. And from all of a sudden playing a sport year round my whole life to getting rejected, right? And, you know, feeling like a part of me was missing, right? Like a, a, a part of my personality, right? So I think back and I now understand, like, what did I want? or what should I had during those times um, growing up and playing a sport. Now I understand um, the positive influence of being a multi-sport athlete and being able to um, learn those life lessons through sport. Um, you know, it, it really was incredible. So when I got out of college, crazy enough that I was working two jobs. Uh, one of them happened to be with the MLB Youth Academy in Compton. Uh, so I was a, a softball coach there. And one thing I joke about all the time is that anyone can be a coach because even I, with so many years of uh, background in softball, I remember the first time I went out there to do like a hitting lesson, um, you know, with a group, I was like, how do I put into words what I know? <laughs> what I'm good like, at. I'm just looking at the tee going, I know I can hit a ball, um, <laughs> but how do I tell these kids to hit a ball? And um, it was partnered of that learning how to coach, right, right out of uh, right out of college, as one of my first jobs. But then my other job, I was actually working for an after school enrichment program in Los Angeles called LA's Best, and that's where my youth development skills came from. And um, I never in my wildest dreams if you told me like 10 years ago that those two components would come together in my work now, um, which I've been working with up to us sports since 2019. And, you know, like to, to see that, um, you know, my youth development of like, just, just the different um, understandings of like your, your zip code shouldn't determine your quality of life, mm. that children are individuals to be developed, not problems to be solved. And then also having that coach component of the skill set. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, 
you don't think about that when you're a kid, you know, hitting hitting a softball. This is going to all come in handy one day. But, yeah, that's really interesting. You brought up an interesting point about teaching. My, my wife's a teacher and a much better coach than me, even though I played more sports, just because it's like she knows how to teach and she knows how to put it into words. That's really interesting. In fact, I mean, there's tons of we've, – we've heard all about, like, sometimes the best players are not good coaches just because they've never had to, like – talk about it before it's just like i know how to do it but the people who weren't great athletes sometimes are the best coaches because you know they they had to learn how to do it and learn the steps and uh then can easily put that into words but uh what i want to ask um something i'm seeing around here and just anecdotally is an interesting trend what what is the trend y'all are seeing or trends and maybe it's different for both of you around youth participation in sports how is that evolving? How is that changing over time? What are, what are y'all noticing? Yeah, so, um, you know, youth sports participation um, definitely took a hit uh, during the pandemic, and, and we're still kind of unpacking a lot of the effects of that. But even prior uh, to COVID, you know, there are some alarming trends. A lot of kids are dropping out of sport at an early age. A lot of girls are dropping out of sport at an early age, around 11 and 12, as often you can kind of see the, the drop off. And, you know, there's a lot of great sport programming going on in the US. There's also not a lot of, there's a lot of um, harmful sport programming going on in the US where we're seeing over-specialization and kids being forced to choose to specialize in a sport at an early age, which leads to burnout and injuries we're seeing kind of win at all cost attitudes filtered down from the high levels to the junior leagues, uh, the rising cost of playing sports and, and the rise of, of, of travel leagues and teams and, and the erosion of the kind of the local community or local rec leagues and opportunities. And so at a very early age, families are kind of forced to say, well, you know, if we want to, you know, have our, our kids play sport. Now we're having to, you know, pay thousands of dollars and try out for this really elite team and give up weekends and, and some vacations and things like that to go along with it. So it's, there's a lot of, I think, change that needs to happen um, in the culture, frankly. And I think, you know, folks like Larius, folks, folks like up to us um, are, are part of a movement to really try to try to help that. Yeah, I want to add to that, that like, from what I see, it's a lot of confidence as well. You lost a couple of years during the pandemic and, um, you know, kids don't want to take the risk, right? They don't want to look foolish that they, they maybe don't have skill sets that, that they probably could have um, uh, developed maybe three years prior, right? So, um, and then you still had parents who were flying their kids out maybe out of state to play sports. Yet I know in California, um, we had uh, restrictive stuff going on with, with the pandemic and that we weren't in schools, right? So therefore there weren't any um, sport participation, but then you started to see that the more elite kids or the kids who could afford it were actually flying or traveling out of state to continue to play. So you have this range, like this gap of, of knowledge that that is missing and you need caring adults that will be intentional in order to um, ensure that that child will take risks, right? Ensure that that child has a safe space on that field to feel like they can move forward and 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 learn these new skill sets that maybe they, you know, they would have learned three years ago if if we had any um, programming going on here. Two things I want to touch on is uh, decline of local sports. I'm from a small rural town. Growing up, baseball, it was like there's like ten teams in town of kids my age. Now there's one. And they have to travel, even for a small rural town of just where it's free to join or very minimal cost to just be a part of the town's team. They have to travel out of town just to play a game. And so what they end up having to do is play the same team over and over because, you know, even the closest town's half an hour away. And I'm like, what? Where's Where are all the kids? I thought there's, you know what I mean? There was 10 teams when I was growing up in the town and then the town's gotten bigger. Like what's going on? And so those factors are leaving all in just decline of participation. What do we know about what kids are doing with that time if they're not playing in sports? What's filling it? I, I don't have probably a full answer for that, but I, I do know that when the sports or the experiences aren't fun, 
right? Kids are going to leave. They're going to vote with their feet. Um, and, and, you know, certainly sport programming is having to compete with a lot of other kind of pursuits. And, and, and now I think we're starting to come to terms with um, how screens and social media are, um, you know, sucking up our attention and, and our time. But, you know, I think one of the great things that, you know, I, I know we love to see about sport programs is one of the few times when if a young person does have uh, a smartphone or a screen that they're not going to be feel like they need to have out in front of them um, because they're engaged in, in the play and the physical activity and the sport itself. Yeah, I think even just like the accessibility, right? We talk about equity. We talk about it being um, accessible of, of even price, right? We have families that have, you know, multiple kids, right? And it's like, how do you choose which child gets to participate in sports? And I, I don't think it's more of that the kids um, are maybe focusing more on video games, but I think it's more along the lines of like, are we creating the access? I know just recently, I think in the last week, um, I was looking at one of the local cities and they posted up the registration. They were bringing back softball um, and it hasn't came back since um, prior to the pandemic. And I saw that the registration was over like $140 starting at T-ball. And I was just blown away because I think I'm so used to, um, you know, the Dodgers Foundation with their Dodgers Dream Team program. And, you know, shout out to Tiffany Rubin and them over at the Dodgers Foundation doing incredible work because their um, programming for baseball and softball, um, it's either free or up to $25 per youth. Um, and so like, I'm so used to that, right? I'm so used to knowing that there's this incredible program where kids, you know, get their uniforms, get gloves and, and things that they need and trainings for up to $25. And then just seeing my, my, my neighboring city like post up that it's like $140 and it's just the uniform. And I think it's at a couple of clinics and that's it. Good gracious alive. Yeah. And especially like you said, if you have more than one kid and yeah, I, I have friends or cousins or whatnot whose kids are in travel teams, and I'm like, okay, not all your kids can do that. You know, you, most people can't afford one, much less three kids to do something like that. So then you're like having to choose who you're going to develop based on talent, not on, you know, personal development purposes. It's like, all right, who has the best chance of, you know, going to that next level, which is so crazy at that age, but very interesting. Well, well I want to make the connection between – uh, Lorius and up to us um, through the emerging uh, leaders program. Tell me a little bit about what that program is. I guess Peter, if you want to, yeah. like what that program is, and then Danielle, like how you found out of it about it, and but that's how y'all are connected, really. Yeah, and and I should also mention that Lorius and up to us, we've got a, a long history of, of working together as well. So there's that too. Um, but the um, yeah, the Emerging Leaders Program uh, really came about to address a need. So I think in our in our line of work and in the nonprofit uh, field in general, I think there's not often a lot of preparation and leadership development. There's not much of a leadership development pipeline before you kind of step into the big seat, so to speak. And so um, a story you hear a lot is in our field is you know the uh, the leader who you know started that soccer program in their in their community as a as a side. Uh, kind of passion project is now kind of learning on the fly about formalizing as a 501c3 and learning about board governance and fundraising and, and all that. Um, the other thing that we see, and you see this in uh, multiple sectors, of course, right, is that leadership uh, is disproportionately male and white. So we know there is a huge untapped uh, network of, of talented, diverse leaders out there. And so um, what we've done is we've we've brought in um, uh, Change Impact and, and Jen Siaka Curry and our wonderful team, and we've uh, created a 10-week kind of crash course in in leadership development, skills, and competencies, uh, but also cultivating places for for peer-to-peer -peer connections and peer-to-mentor connections. Um, this is the second year we've done it. We've we've got uh, a co cohort currently of 25 uh, leaders from across the across the country um, because we know folks like Danny. Uh, are going to be the the next generation of change makers in, in the sport and social impact space. And, um, you know, we we believe that this program can can make a, a meaningful impact in, in their preparation and trajectory. Were those the main like uh, uh, gaps in skill set for for these community changers is like, you know, hey, I want to start a program, but 
there's all this stuff to jump into. It's like starting a business. It's like you 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 have a passion for something. You realize just there's so many skills that you're not gonna you know you you don't have yet that you have to learn. And 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 a lot of times with these programs, there's not even that revenue stream that's coming in the future. Like when you start a business, it is really just from the heart. It can be really disheartening. Uh, all the red tape you got to jump through. I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the leaders that we've recruited and worked with over the last two years, right. They, they tend to be kind of early to mid career professionals. Um, many of whom are, might be program uh, alumni of a sport for good type programs and have that kind of, uh, you know, direct experience coaching youth and working and working with young people. But again, you know, there just aren't a whole lot of experiences out there to uh, add those skill sets. Um, and, you know, the, the nonprofit sector, you know, the, the phrase that you hear all the time is everybody wears so many hats because resources are so thin. And um, but part of that is that sort of long term, like people development and skill development sometimes kind of falls to the wayside or it just like you just get thrown in the deep end and kind of have to learn to swim, so to speak. So, um, again, we, we were, you know, we wanted to create this program that create that space uh, for, for leaders like Danny to, to really grow and flourish. Well, well Danielle, uh, well, what, what, how, how did you find out about the program? It sounds like uh, Laureus and Up To Us have been working together for a while. And, and what, what did you think this program was going to offer you as far as like some of the skills you were wanting to learn? Yeah, I'll definitely uh, just briefly jump back to December 2021. There was a um, Laureus SBYD network meetup um, that was locally and it was hosted by um, Stuart Young, um, which my, my condolences to his family and friends. He recently passed away. I was I was completely shocked, um, but thankful that he was somehow in my life and that uh, it led me to this path right here. And, and so I met up with a group of leaders of SBYD um, in Los Angeles, uh, ended up uh, participating within the um, Sports for Good connections, uh, started to follow on Twitter and all the social media accounts, um, Laureus, to see the good work that they were doing. And, um, you know, obviously Up To Us Sports already had uh, this partnership and connection to Laureus. And um, I just started to pay attention as to when they were giving free trainings. And I, I want to say, like, I am from the communities I serve. I am from East Los Angeles uh, and working in nonprofit, you know, there, there is some restraints when it comes to budgets. And um, one of the things that continuously came up for me is that I even wanted to learn grant writing. And I'll be honest, for the last couple of years, I've been looking at a local college and their grant writing um, classes that they had. And it's like, $600. Well, I can't afford $600. But I look at it every time the registration would come up. And, um, you know, and, and I just want to better myself, I want to better myself for my community for my program. And so it's completely amazing that through this program, I am learning far more than I could ever imagine. Um, even the part we do have a grant writing portion. And I uh, jokingly said, because we use the change up learning platform. And after the first time that we did the course, and it says on there, you know, it'll take an hour and a half to maybe two hours to complete. And um, we come back for our, our weekly meeting. And I was like, I want to be honest, it took me far more than two hours, <laughs> because I was so engaged. <laughs> and um, so just trying to soak in everything. And, and it's so amazing, because I'm, I'm a visual learner. And it's all there and it, it has interactive components with it when we're learning all these different information that maybe we didn't know because we're, you know, I'm a program manager. I work with our coaches within the community, um, but it gives me more effective ways of like giving feedback and my communication skills. Um, but then also the other portions of it where I didn't know, like grant writing and budgeting um, in those terms. So it, wow. it's honestly been wonderful. And you're a little over halfway through, getting close to the end in the next couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and I will say, even those those are our check-in calls and um, being able to see the other um, SBYD leaders across the nation, um, being able to go into breakout rooms and talk with them, it's super refreshing. Like I do know I and love all the SBYD folks here in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. um, but to see how many incredible people across the nation are trying to make a difference through sports, it's it's awesome. It probably helps you realize, like I'm not the only crazy one out here trying to do this with my life yeah i know for me 
you feel like you're the only one that has these ideas or wants to do this. And then you realize, no, there's like podcasts about this and training about this and whole organizations that exist. I, I, you know, I'm on the right track or there's a community. It's, it's so encouraging when you realize yes. there's other people going through the same thing, no matter what it is. Um, w- yeah. What's maybe like a skill that you didn't anticipate you'd need to know doing this work? Because our founder, Bill and John, they always talk about this. Like, yeah, we had this idea to start this brewery, but there's all these just things you could never foresee that I needed to learn how to do. What, what's something for you for saying, I'm going to do sports. I'm going to make an impact on, on the community I grew up in. I never thought I'd have to learn this. I think it's like the the amount of potential paperwork that maybe you never even identified to be like, yeah, you can make like a plan and, you know, do a strategic plan about like, what do we envision for the next five years? But you can't anticipate what that actually involves. Like, I think even this past week, we were talking more about like um, law, like nonprofit law and um, like insurances. And I was like, oh my God, I never even thought of like the particular events needing specific insurance. (laughs) Yeah. Insurance and like security and the, yeah, there's governance, risk, and nonprofit law is what I saw was week uh, week six. I think that yeah, not anything that would just intuitively come to you. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's what I needed to be thinking about. No, you just want to yeah, play like, softball. You want to teach kids softball. Yeah, I just want to go like... out on the field and the kids to have a good time. But they everyone needs a waiver and like, but on top of that, there's some insurance that I need to get. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild, Peter. How is uh? This emerging leaders program and getting kind of some support for that next generation, how would you say it's evolving with either technology or trends that we're talking about, about like youth participation or um, even the sports themselves? I I mean, there's like, I don't know about y'all, but like pickleball just came out of nowhere where I'm from. And I'm like, what the heck? And it's just taken over. It's like tennis courts. You're a pickleball court now. Um, I see it everywhere. And it's just like, are y'all keeping up with all that too in ways that might change? Or is it really like a program that's just plug and play for whatever sport, no matter what? No, it's a, it's a good question. And, and I think as Danny probably knows, like this work is, is always right. It's always evolving. It's always improving and, and getting better. And you're always learning so much. Um, it was interesting is like the seed the idea of this program actually came from some of our our local work i mentioned our, our sport for good cities what new york is one of them and i was overseeing that at the time and we have local leadership councils these are leaders and stakeholders in, in the cities who work with us to um, identify solutions uh, uh to make sport more accessible in those places and and this idea was kind of brought up and so it, it really was you know it wasn't like glorious saying oh we have this great idea we're going to plop it down it it really came from from the practitioners in in the field um what's also interesting to see how it evolved is that this is this is year two and you know we put out the word to recruit uh amazing leaders like like danny and we got tons of applicants from across the u.s we got applicants from around the world which didn't happen in year one and you know i think we've got the, the lawyers global network as well um so it, it got there and we're, we have applicants from, you know, the Philippines and, and, and India and, and, and really the, the program was designed with the U.S. context in mind, but it kind of made us think, hey, there's there's an appetite for for this globally as well. There, there's not a, a ton of, you know, intentional leadership development uh, there as well. Um, but, you know, I think we're we're trying to, to be humble and, and learn from uh, those who go through the program. Uh, we do see maybe long term hoping to create like mentorship and, and peer-to-peer networks of, of sort of, you know, emerging leaders, alumni, so they can stay connected, right? Because we do think in, you know, three, five, seven, 10 years, they're going to be running a lot of great organizations and making a, a ton of incredible impact in the world. And we want to help them stay connected. Because uh, I think the other kind of facet that that we all kind of understand this work is that, you know, you can, you can bring in, um, you know, those the kind of experts and the consultants to help you uh, but there's a lot of practitioner wisdom that's out there, and you can learn a ton by just being uh, together with folks who are doing similar work. Um, you know, whether it's in your own city or, or, or nationally as well. Well, well, Danny, you're, you've got a couple weeks left to this program. Anything like you're really looking forward to li- uh, learning 
any like major gap in your skill set that you're really looking to to close maybe with this program or or just getting introduced to it through the program? Yeah, I um I'm just really excited to to speak more with everyone who's on our calls and is a part of the program. Um one of my favorite parts of it has been our our coaching session. Um, where we're able to speak one-on-one -on -one with the mentor and, and or not one-on-one, -on -one, but in small groups. And it was honestly just refreshing and, and kind of pulls, pulls me more into like, what is my, my overall goal, right? Or what am I, I really trying to get from this, which is truly just being more well-rounded, um, being able to be a leader in Up To Us Sports, being able to join a lot of the committees within Up To Us Sports to navigate us into the direction that uh, we are going, which is, you know, more um, coach mentors across the nation. I'd love to hear a story from both of y'all about uh, just one of the one of the stories or an example of just what like what keeps you going, what gets you up in the morning to keep making this impact. If there's, you know, it's a, a kid y'all helped achieve something or a change in you you've seen or just uh impact in a community I, I, anything at all an example you can share about the work you do and why it's important yeah mason you know, i've been uh fortunate to i've been doing this work for a bunch of years now and have definitely you know been there um at those milestone moments or those moments when you can really feel the trajectory of someone of a young person's life has, has been changed for the better um but actually, when I kind of think about this, this question or this idea of like, what keeps you going or what kind of fills your tank, um, I'm kind of more drawn to this kind of early moments of, of joy and discovery. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple summers ago, we were uh, learning about a program here in, in New York, it's a fencing program called Peace, and they had this program called Fencing in the Park, because they started during the pandemic. And the leader there, Nizinga Prescott, is a uh, got a great story herself. She's a former Olympian, came, you know, found fencing through a sport for good program uh, called the Peter Westbrook Foundation and wanted to start that for her neighborhood in, in central Brooklyn. And, and, you know, COVID was going on. It wasn't really that safe to be indoors. So they're out there, you know, in Marine Park. Uh, you've got, you know, six to 10 year olds with the, the fencing masks on and former Olympians and volunteers mixing it up and, and all the caregivers and parents pulling up a chair and watching and just kind of beaming uh, with pride and, and, you're just thinking like what what else but sport could could kind of do this could bring these people together um and uh you know that's a moment that's a day that i think uh those kinds of days and those kinds of moments just about that kind of like the, the kind of the joy of discovery and learning and trying something new and, and for a young person kind of like you know maybe finding a space where they feel included and and, and, and feeling like they belong you know maybe they didn't feel that in gym class or uh it, you know maybe they got cut from their team in, if they had one in, in, in their community. And so, you know, I think those those kind of smiles and, and, and those kind of moments are, are what stand out uh, to me. Fencing in New York City during COVID with a bunch of kids. Yeah, that's a, it's a unique situation. And, and, and a built-in social distancing too, you know, with fencing. You know, that's like a whole part of the sport. Just got to stay separated. So kind of perfect. Um, how about you, Danny? Yeah, so what makes an up to us sports coach is our training. It's a trauma sensitive training um, where the coaches understand how trauma affects the brain, how, um, you know, adverse childhood experiences can affect how you react, right? So I think I see a lot from our coaches is more intentionality, right? More understanding, and they show up for these kids time and time again. And I have so many uh, incredible experiences because I get to go do the the site visits and like I said I played college softball and and played all my life and so I legit show up to these site visits with my my turfs on and my glove in my hand and I'm ready to go out there and and be a part of it and um you know just thinking about uh Joel and and Violeta and um they're my two coaches here in East LA it's actually the closest park to my home you know they've been there for years since before our our program even started right but to see the intentionality to see folks that show up for their community for every season right um they uh, started their own teams uh, called the B Squad and what it was from was that it was the kids that weren't picked first or picked for a team um, and it's become a rallying cry 
And I can't wait until they hear this because for sure, like it's, it's how we greet each other. It's how I end my emails. I'll write B squad or they'll see me in person. B squad. Like it's not even hello. How are you? And <laughs> they're like proud of it, huh? They're proud of being B squad. Yeah, it's so incredible. Um, and it's so heartwarming to see that they, they're there in East LA, um, giving everything to their community. Like I saw, um, Joel for his birthday, got this cool sweatshirt and some parent made it and it says B squad on the top and it's his photo. And he has his arms crossed with his up to a sports shirt with the Dodgers dream field in the background. And I'm just like, how do I get one? Like, <laughs> I would love this, um, you know, and then just seeing like, you know, that they're giving them such like intentional gifts, right. Of like a whistle that's engraved about what a meaningful coach is, um, you know, so I go out there and Joel is just incredible. And like, even when, when one of the times I had to help him on the field, he specifically told me, Hey, listen, these three kids right here, they're on the spectrum. So um, understand that they can't stand in the line and just knowing his youth like that incredible, his sister, Violeta, um, me and her walking to the parking lot. And the first thing that the umpire tells her is, Hey, I love hearing how fun y'all are having in that dugout. And she coaches, you know, junior baseball, which is 13 to 15 year olds. And they're out there having a good time, you know, in the dugout playing the coaches at Hill. Um, I love the way that they, they teach the youth about failure, right? We either win or we learn. And then, um, you know, one of the times though, last year at a site visit, I heard one of my coaches in um, Inglewood, uh, coach, coach Blair, and I overheard him speaking to one of the kids and, and the he goes, hey, I, your aunt told me that you didn't want to come to practice today, that you were, you know, upset the way that you played, that you thought you let our team down. Um, just so you know, I'll never be disappointed in you. Like, I'm here for you. Like, and it, as long as you're giving your 100%, you know, I'm always behind you. And I'm glad, you know, that you're on our team. And then he goes, I am so glad you showed up today. And I was like, and that words matter. Words are so important. And he, right in that moment, let that child know that he was happy he was there. And that means everything. Oh, wow. That's what all the emails and governance and paperwork is for in the in the long run, you know? Me, me running after them, where are your timesheets? Yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's for those moments. That's awesome. That's so cool. We, well, we are so proud to be working with y'all. I got a couple rapid fire questions um, and then we'll wrap up. But before we do, I do want to know a little bit uh, for each of y'all, what what is, you know, p folks, obviously in this community, our name is Athletic Brewing. We do attract a lot of athletes. We do have a lot of folks who identify as athletes or used to, at least, you know, that, that drink us. And there might be someone listening now like, man, these sound like some cool organizations. I want to get involved. Um, what are some of the needs y'all have? And like, how, how do people like start getting involved with y'all? Yeah, I can, I can start first. You know, I think, um, you know, with go finding us at, at Laureus uh, USA and um, following us on social media, if you're able to donate, um, you know, to, to, to power work, um, you know, that's great as well. Um, I, I will say also to encourage those who want to become involved, like there is, there is probably sport for good happening somewhere in your backyard, somewhere in your community, find out those programs, support them, volunteer. If you yourself are, are coaching, you know, your kids team or volunteering community, you know, seek out that great training from folks like up to us and, and, and the principles around sport for good, because I think you can be part of a broader movement uh, to make, uh, to improve and help our, our sports system be uh, to better serve all young people. Yeah. And for us, uh, we're at up to us sports. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't think we're on uh the TikTok yet? I, the, the I, I don't know if we're gonna venture out. There. <laughs> I don't have one. I uh, it's it would be too much for me. I'll stick to oh, to what I already know. <laughs> I got on a little bit and I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm getting sucked in. I gotta I, I can't do this. Can't do this. <laughs> yeah. So um, and we are across the nation in different cities. Um, and you can also find within our Instagram account all of our other um city ones. So up to us sports uh, LA as well. Um, I think for sure, just what Peter said, just first and foremost, 
uh, volunteer, get out there and volunteer with your youth, volunteer with organizations. Um, we're all across the nation and um, you can be out there making a difference. I think for sure, something for me as, as uh, recruiting, I always tell, you know, there'll be moms on the side and, and they'll be like, oh no, like I, I can't coach. I'm like, why not? Your husband doesn't know softball. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like he never played. So like, what's, what's stopping you from learning as well and, and being out here. So especially the, the female athletes, like you can't be what you can't see. So mm -hmm. um, please be out there. And then just, yeah, if you know any organizations uh, that we can definitely partner with or any donations, uh, it really helps move us forward to be able to make a difference and make an impact in, in the youth, you know, lives. Awesome. Thank you both. I, I let, let me ask you a couple rapid fire questions. One yeah. or two, you know, not, not words, just phrases or two. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll dive in and, and y'all kind of already answered this, but I'll ask it anyway. Proudest achievement that you've, you've, you've had a, that at your organization. I think for us last year, our Chicago group helped unlock $5 million from the state of Illinois to, from the state government to support support for good programs across the state. Yeah. For um, specifically for the Los Angeles area for up to us sports, I'm very proud that um, our partnership with the Los Angeles Dodgers foundation, we actually just um, expanded to, create a goal of having 75 coaches by 2025 as baseball and softball uh, SBYD coach mentors. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Biggest goals not yet achieved, respectively. Yeah, I think we want, we have a big goal of unlocking um, $250 million over the next 10 years uh, for, for youth sports. So that's something that we're, we're working, we're working toward and alongside others as well. I think the biggest goal is to have our program partnered with every youth sports organization. Um, for sure, just thinking about the fact that, you know, the Olympics is in five years here in Los Angeles. Like, that's a big deal. And there's going to be a lot of kids dreaming big. Um, and they're going to need coaches that believe in them. Yeah, that's landscape changing for a city for a generation. I mean, there's... Y'all know as well as I do the places, the legacy that something like the Olympics leaves on an area. Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> that'll be here for you now. Unfortunately, um, what what's a sport y'all still play? Do you still play at all? Uh, our our my basketball team got derailed a bit from from COVID, but you know I still mix it up with now with my uh, my two year old daughter on the mini hoop. Um, and when I'm not doing that, maybe I'm, I'm I'm getting out for a run and biking a bit as well. Uh, I do, uh, when I have the time, roller skate, um, but I will say, you might not count it as a sport, but I see it as a sport. I am a part of a supporters group for the NWSL team here in Los Angeles, Angel City Football Club. Uh, so I am in the supporters section, chanting, cheering, jumping for 90 minutes plus. Uh, and, oh, that's a sport. Uh, my, my, my watch will sometimes say, are you doing an indoor run? Oh man, H having a mom that uh, got pretty excited on the sideline, I, I can attest that, that was definitely a sport for her. You're exhausted by the end of that. So, uh, you know, as y'all pursue these huge goals and have these just monumental tasks ahead of you, what's a daily habit you stick to that really helps you stay on task and helps you stay motivated? Yeah, for me, it's it's. It really is exercise and physical activity. Um, I wouldn't say I'm doing it every single day, but I really try for it. And, and I do feel the difference uh, when I can get a good workout in, uh, especially early in the morning. Uh, I just think it, it um, you just feel better throughout the day. And I feel, you know, more productive as we, as we strive toward these goals. Yeah, same here. Um, just the physical activity has really um, shaped, you know, my life playing sports for so long. But I think even just continuing it now, it it helps my mental health, right? And it it's a form of self care to be able to, um, you know, like take care of myself so that I could take care of others, so I can help my program, so I can be there for my coaches. Y'all are practicing what you preach too. Just uh, that that legacy of sport. I mean, y'all y'all got to. Every kid that you talk to dreams of playing pros, and you know one out of thousands going to. So, those long-term benefits are definitely the, the you know the lasting legacy of what y'all are teaching these kids. So y'all are you know every time you're exercising, doing anything, you're just 
walk and talk and examples of that. Um, I don't know if y'all had a chance to try athletic. I don't know if there's a beer that you really like, if not, that's fine. But, uh, if, if so, which one have you liked? Yeah, we've had the, uh, the upside dawn and in, in our fridge um i think we we're introduced to athletic brewing in my wife's pregnancy so um you know i think that's uh, that's one that, that i've had and, and i've enjoyed for sure i uh tried to go get some at my local um store that's at the corner and it was sold out so i was really bummed and i i promise that i'll be trying it soon for sure i am such a beer drinker um it's it you know i love the taste of beer so to know that there is a non-alcoholic version uh that I can enjoy. I'm really excited. Yeah. I would love to get y'all some beer. And then, so the reason I bring that up is on every can, it says brew without compromise. Mm -hmm. And that's because, you know, we just realized we had to do it excellently to make this work. But we realized just like with y'all to do anything well, to do anything major, like what you're doing, huge goals, you kind of have, your whole lifestyle has to be you know, you can't pick and choose where you're trying to do a really good job. You kind of have to just be that way or get developed to be that way. What does it mean to you to not only do what you do without compromise, but to live without compromise? What does that mean to y'all? For me, I think it comes down to kind of defining and understanding and knowing your values and um, then seeking, you know, places where those are reflected or that's in, in the kind of work that you do and the people you work with and and the people that you surround yourself with and uh form friendships and families with and so um uh you know i think it's it does start with that kind of self-reflection of of the values that are important to you and and, and finding where those exist and where you connect with those out in the world i think for me it's living unapologetically like um I personally view myself as a, as a play equity advocate, right? I believe that um, sports is a human right. Um, all youth, no matter their backgrounds, uh, gender identity, uh, sexual orientation, disabilities, like every, every child should have the opportunities and access to play um, sports. So I, I always strive to move forward with that in my mind as, as my purpose and as, as my driving, you know, value. And just even like Larius, it's the purpose is to uh, change the world through the power of sport, right? So um, just moving forward with that and always keeping that in mind as I, as I um, advocate for our youth. All right, folks, there you have it. Peter Feldman and Danielle Lugo. Learn more about Laureus at laureus.com, L-A-U-R-E-U-S.com. Uh, you can learn more about how we're supporting them in the show notes. There's the blog that's linked. You can read a little more into their story. Again, if you need some brews today, Cinco de Mayo, athleticbrewing.com. Find us on store shelves with our store finder on there or order us right there on the website. 